Hi, everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host, Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I'm wonderful. Uh, I really enjoy episodes where people struggle and win, and then the whole thing is made pointless at the end. It's not made pointless. They go to the dentist. But I just mean that, like, no one will ever do the Eliminator again, and they'll never see those people again. You don't know that, Matt. In season, like, 47 of The Simpsons, maybe they'll see the Eliminator again. Maybe. That would be a very interesting one. Good callback is season 47 to season 8. That's how it works. Hi, guys. We are brought to you by supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. For only $2 a month, gain access to all of our bonus content. Uh, definitely appreciate anyone who supports us and uh, encourage anyone who hasn't to check it out. We appreciate you. On this week's episode, it is The Secret War of Lisa Simpson. Episode 4F21 originally aired May 18th, 1997. It's the final episode of season 8. We're here, Matt. We made it through uh, the eighth season. Yay! Only 20 and now to... they get better and better, right? There's only 20 to go, and every single season after this is better than this one. Wow, that's Ex- impressive. I'm Ex- glad about that. Exponentially so. Well, thank goodness for that. Otherwise, you know, I'd be worried. All the Simpsons that came before this that you love, they're all garbage compared to the stuff that comes after. Wow. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness for that. Yep. Episode is written by Richard Apple, directed by Mike B. Anderson. Uh, let's see. Finished 47th on the rating with a Nielsen rating of 8.3, approximately 8.1 million viewing households. The second highest rated show on Fox that week following The X Files. No, uh, I, mm-hmm. I, I think it was second because those other shows didn't have new episodes on this day. Would be my guess. <laughs> well, well, that that would probably be it. That's my guess, but I'm not. I mean, it's pretty you, late. You cracked it, the code, right? I, I might be it. I'm not sure, though. Uh, the couch gag is the living room is upside down. Simpsons sit down, then fall to the floor. It's a repeat. We've seen this one. It's fine. Nothing special. Nope. Nothing special. Either, ta- either times as we've seen it, it has not been anything special. Uh, episode guest stars Willem Dafoe as the Commandant. Never given a name. Yeah, that's weird. It, it, it doesn't sound like Willem Dafoe, but it does a good job. I, he's a, a shapeshifter. He's a, chame- a, shapeshifter. a chameleon. Uh-huh. He can do anything. What's your what's your favorite Willem Dafoe uh, part? Ooh, I I honestly don't see that many movies with him in them. What's the one you can? What's the first one that you can think of off the top of your head? Uh, I honestly cannot think of the name of one off the top of my head. Okay, my favorite is The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. Oh God, Wes Anderson people, just no, no. <laughs> hey, what's wrong? Wes Anderson's good. I like Wes Anderson. No, and he's no, in a lot he's of not. he's in a, and Willem Dafoe's in in he's one of the Wes Anderson guys. I think. I think he's in more than one movie. Seems like it. He seems to like interesting looking and acting people. Willem Dafoe. Yeah, that's very kind to call Willem Dafoe interesting looking. <laughs> well, <laughs> you can always... that's, what, that's, that's what I like to tell people. I'm interesting looking. <laughs> yes, Willem Dafoe looks very interesting. Uh, the episode begins with a field trip to the police station. Uh, Wiggum isn't there when the, the, the school arrives because it is a struggle to get there by 10 o'clock. I hear you. Who's awake eh, for real? <laughs> ten o'clock. It's tough to get to work by then. Who gets to work by ten? Nine one one. Apparently, they've had they just leave it on answering machine over uh, over the night. They had seventy five miss uh, left messages, and Wiggum deletes all of them. Well, you know, obviously those emergencies have totally you know solved themselves by now. Yeah, the 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 town's still going. Everything's fine. Clearly, uh, the kids. This is uh, Miss Grabapple, Bart's class. Get a tour of the Museum of Crime and get uh and, and and learn what a California cheeseburger is. 
Now, what I am about to show you next may shock and educate you. Hold on to your values as we step through the looking glass into a hippie pot party. While Johnny Welfare plays acid rock on a stolen guitar, his old lady has a better idea. That's right. She's got the munchies for a California cheeseburger. Yes. Smoking weed makes you eat children. It does. Really, really everything does. <laughs> Every, everything. I mean, what else are you going to do with children? I don't understand. Yeah, this is this is a urban legend about not necessarily <laughs> uh, weed, per se, but uh, LSD or acid or... Or PCP. Or any drug, really. Uh, but almost none of them have been proven true of of hippies accidentally killing and or eating children. At the same time, Lisa's in her class. Uh, they're watching. Um, they're watching old educational films. Uh, w- the first one is about sand. S- enough said about sand, I guess. Uh, <laughs> sand. It makes lots of things. <laughs> it does glass. I think that's all I can think of. Um, then they watch one about the moon. Right? Yeah, they watch one about the moon and how in 1964 we're going to have the moon colonized. It will have 12 colonies, ideal for family vacations from the Astro Men. It doesn't make sense to colonize the moon. There's nothing there. No. Well, there's fuel. That's the important thing. Fuel? Where? Uh, Yes, there's water on the moon. And in space, water is fuel. There's water on the moon? Indeed. Quite a bit. Where? In the poles. They have Poland on the moon? No, Robbie, the North and South Pole of the moon, not the Polish people that live on the moon. Obviously, they have water, but they don't live. You know what? Lisa is upset in class because she's not being challenged because all they do is watch movies. Uh, She goes to Skinner to complain. It's not my nature to complain, but so far today, we've had three movies, two film strips, and an hour and a half of magazine time. I just don't feel challenged. Of course we could make things more challenging, Lisa, but then the stupider students would be in here complaining, furrowing their brows in a vain attempt to understand the situation. Uh, so, <laughs> magazine time. got to aim at the lowest common denominator in public schools. What's wrong? Why don't they have a gifted program in Springfield Elementary? Uh, apparently they're just uh, bad at it. Like Martin and Data, like the Super Friends would probably be all in it, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, but they, there's enough kids. Why don't they have some enterprising teacher? That would that would require money, Robbie, and uh, obviously Springfield Elementary has zero money. They have some. They can buy pencils. Cut the pencil budget Barely. in half. Cut the pencil budget in half. Uh, the same time, Bart is kind of bored at the Museum of Crime because Wiggum just wants to sit down, and he notices that there is a wall full of megaphones. Now, what could you possibly do with a wall full of megaphones? What could you, Matt? Well, uh, you could set them up so they amplify each other, uh, but they'll probably max out at uh, probably less than 100 decibels. I mean, bullhorns don't have the uh, battery power and electronics. If you got a plug-in one, you could probably do better than that, but it would self-destruct before it causes any real damage. That is incorrect, Matt. Oh, man. There is no limit to how loud a megaphone can be. If you continue to amplify them into each other, theoretically, the noise could be so loud it could make the Earth explode. Whoa. I was must have been really wrong then. Okay, I have a question for you, Matt. I have this clip of Bart yelling testing at a very loud noise coming, <laughs> exploding the, the, the microphone. Should I play this clip? I'm going to go with no, because it doesn't really do a whole lot. That's prove anything. Mm, I disagree. Uh, this is a warning to anyone wearing headphones. You might want to turn it down a notch. 
You've really done it this time, Bart. You're in for the punishment of a lifetime. When do you expect the ringing will stop? In about 10 to 15 seconds. I certainly hope so. <laughs> Poor Mars, just always looking bad. I really... It's a little bit too long to talk. I It does do things, Matt, because you can hear the lovely sound design and how <laughs> those awful noises come from you from different angles. Uh, so Wiggum's there with Bart. Bart is sent not to his room, but to the garage where he takes the riding lawnmower out. Well, I mean, the, the, his room is too full of toys, so he has to be sent to the garage. I mean, what else would you do? Sit and think about what you've done. Nah, no. that's boring. That, that's going to cause some mayhem. That is boring. But uh, it's suggested that they put Bart in a military academy because it might give him discipline. And, and, uh, you mean discipline? That is exactly what I mean. Discipline. Good. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, also, I we should someone on YouTube did test the the megaphone thing. It doesn't work like it did in The Simpsons. Surprise, surprise. What you mean? <laughs> physics was real after all. No, it nerds. is, I guess. Uh, they don't give Bart any behavior controlling drugs. At least not in this episode. That's they do that later on. That's true. That's a different yeah, episode. The focus in episode is basically this episode. If they had decided to give him drugs instead of military school, it's like, what's our weird solution to Bart's, uh, you know, problem they, this week? Exactly. Uh, we'll get to that eventually. Uh, but they trick Bart basically by saying they're going to go to Disneyland. Uh, but instead, they are going to the military academy, uh, and they get a tour of the the academy from the the commandant himself. And that's how we'll mold your boy into a productive member of society through an intensive program of push-ups and formation marching. Well, it certainly was nice of you to accept Bart in the middle of the semester. Fortunately, we've had a couple of recent freakouts, so that freed up a couple of bunks. Freakouts? If uh, that happens, are we still charged for the entire semester? Our high standards challenge students to reach their full potential. Look at how disciplined they are. They're just like the terracotta warriors of Xi'an. They sure are. That's not so disciplined. They're just children, Mr. Simpson. I guess. Truth is beauty. Beauty, truth, sir. They're discussing poetry. Oh, we never do that in my school. But the truth can be harsh and disturbing. How can that be considered beautiful? I sure suck the fun out of that poem. Please don't make me stay dead. I'll do anything you say. I'll find religion. I'll be good sometimes. Let go, my lady. No! Son, for the last time, you're staying at military school. And so am I. <gasps> this school has everything I ever wanted. Lisa, no! This place is just a jail for children. No jail can hold me. <laughs> So, wow. Also, deconstructing poetry does not suck the fun out of it. It adds fun. It adds enjoyment. I agree with you in principle, but I don't think yelling about fallacies about truth and beauty necessarily count as deconstructing poetry, Matt. Okay, maybe the, not the yelling part, but, you know, that's – they're basically – they're discussing the poetry saying, oh, truth is beauty, beauty, truth, but – like he says, the truth can be harsh and disturbing. How is that beautiful? And it's up to the person responding to say, well, reality is beautiful in its own way. So what you're telling me is that my poetry podcast, and I'll be starting up soon, you're on board, co-host? Oh, no. Hell no. No poetry for me. I was 
I was gonna start. With, I thought I thought we had a, a deal, Matt. I mean, we were gonna start with Keats. Okay, Keats is not too bad, but most poetry I just I can't do. No, sorry. And, and then a Robbie Burns. No, no, sorry. You nope, don't like Robbie nope, Burns? Nope. I don't like poetry in general. Best laid plans. Of mice and men. Af, yeah, that's Af, true. Af, Af Gang of I'm just turning this into a poetry podcast, Matt, if that wasn't clear. I didn't, I didn't I, realize. I, I, no, that's why I'm very, very quiet, because uh, I have nothing to add about poetry. Okay. Well, Bart and Lisa are both going to decide. They both Lisa decides that she wants to go to the military academy because it will challenge her. Bart is terrified of the military military academy because it will challenge him. I I think that's an interesting. Uh, I think this is this episode is interesting on that re- in that regard solely because of that, like because of that the look at the difference between the two characters and what happens when them what happens with them when they are confronted with a challenge. Uh, and the 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 problems they go through in this episode. Uh, but at this point, we go to commercial. And when we come back, uh, I, I believe before we go to commercial, uh, we find out that Lisa is going to go uh, to military school. I, that, uh, was, the that, or... that, that was in the clip, Matthew. So, yes. Oh, okay. Good. Just want to make sure. Uh, but that is puzzling to our commandant. All right. Let's go over this one more time just to make sure I understand the situation. <clears throat> You're a girl. Yes. Oh, gosh darn it. I just don't understand the situation. You're a girl? All I want is a chance to prove myself. Hmm. In our 185 years, we have never had a female cadet. Um, But that seems to be the way the wind is blowing these days. After all, we have female singers, female motorists. Welcome aboard. Yep, female singers, female motorists, you know, all those important things that are brand new in 1997-ish. This 97 is, or 95? This is... <laughs> are you okay, Matt? You're not smelling toast or I'm anything, fine. are you? I'm fine, why? <laughs> no. <laughs> 1997, what? yes. We've been in... These episodes have been okay, in 1997 for most of the season, so I just want to make sure. I can never remember what year it started. I've been watching too much Mary with Children, which started in 87, and it started in 89, so I get confused sometimes. Sue me. I don't think that'd make me any money, so why would I... And I don't think they would... They'd probably throw that out of... Like, I don't think they would... That would hold water in court, probably. Nope. This is... This whole episode is loosely... I, I don't know. I don't know if they've ever admitted this, but it is... I think this has been an idea for a while. They, they've they said it's been an idea since the early 90s. This idea was for this episode, for the kids go to a military academy. But at the time, it was in the zeitgeist because... uh. Uh, a woman got ha- w- basically legally challenged the military to allow her admission to the Citadel, which had th- up until that point had never had a female cadet. Uh, and after that, since then, they've had many, many, many female cadets. I think in 2012, they had it was the first time uh, where uh, women were named the top two graduates of the of the Citadel, which is the first time a woman has taken either the first or second place. And in this in 2012, it was both. Uh, but a lot. It's weird. It's like women are people too. Huh? Who'd have thunk it? Matt, come on, don't get ahead of yourselves. That's come on. That's true. We all know women are only good in those types of environments. If they're ever put in a real combat situation, they would fail immediately. That's what you're trying to say, Rob. I didn't but, say that. I believe you just said all those words. I had my I, mouth. Well, in, you were skeptical I, of women. I I was just trying to. I'm fine with women as long as they are driving or singing, like the commandant uh, explained. That's it. <laughs> Uh, but Lisa, I I don't know. I think that they do a good job of 
of showing the baffling of the baffling nature of women to people like the commandant who who always surround themselves with with men and don't understand how a woman is just the same they can't i don't I yeah don't. because they're used to women being completely different in every possible way and not just like them because they spent three seconds a day with one they are from different planets that book said so of course and if you read it in a book it's obviously true even more so than if it was on the internet it a book said so and i've read 15 books whoa 15 all right librarian robbie <laughs> i know anyway uh as uh, they're packing up and getting ready to go, uh, Marge basically tells us that she can come home anytime she wants. Bart, however, is not allowed to come home at all, despite repeated attempts to say he wants to quit and come home. <laughs> I just love that uh, Marge's response to Bart is, I heard you the first time, sweetie. Yeah, it's, it, it's, I don't know. I think that also, as they go, they add in these little interesting nuances to the challenges that are going to face the two at the school. Like, Bart doesn't have an option to leave. He's stuck there. Lisa can leave whenever she wants, but she doesn't want to. That she wants to show how tough she is. And like it's it's like a those simple layering of things like of of what faces like Bart doesn't have a choice to leave. So his challenge is to try and like fit in. While Lisa can leave whenever she wants, so her challenge is really just to survive. Well, I don't know if it's Bart's challenge to fit in is is to survive but in a different way to get along with what's going on at camp knowing he can't leave where lisa bart is up against external circumstances lisa is up against her own pride essentially i think that's what i said sure why not <laughs> lisa as the first female cadet gets her own barracks uh which means that the boys in the barracks currently have to move out with company l who apparently smell <laughs> which is yeah that's a good joke guys nothing better to start off people like not to like in to clearly instigate anger between people at a school by making all of them leave their comfortable space and move to where it smells. Yes, I mean obviously this is entirely Lisa's idea, so she's the one who should be punished. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, it's really that is usually this is the thing. Like the military generally doesn't do this. The military whole purpose is like for an, like for people in command like that's why drill sergeants are notoriously awful is because they want all the soldiers to hate them together they want that to to drive them to unify to to be a force you know to to com to have camaraderie but they don't they he in, in this case it, well, i mean lisa does need her entire own barracks because well cause, yeah because she's a girl obviously she can't sleep in the same room as boys well i don't i i understand maybe segregating her but you could maybe find it just a smaller space that she could yeah, right. occupy, maybe. But uh, the, you know, I I understand. I understand what they're doing. You know, she's a she's a stranger in a strange land. Huh? That sounds familiar. Where have I heard that before? Anyway, I, I just came up with it. I'm sure I'll remember it. Oh, really? Wow, you are quite the poet today. Yep, that's me. Uh, but uh, yep, as the cadets flow out of the barracks, uh, they mention hazing. Which is apparently what you do in a situation like this is you haze new people and make them do awful things. Why they do them? If a bunch of other children are telling them to do them, I couldn't tell you. That seems like a weird thing. Hey, do this awful thing. No, nah, I'm good. Thanks. But apparently it's just a thing to go along with it. Uh, and unfortunately for Lisa, that involves push-ups in the mud. What's the matter? Don't girls like doing push-ups in the mud? Is there any answer I can give that won't result in more push-ups? 
No. So, it's like she already knows these people. It's almost like Lisa, by fleeing a situation where she's not challenged, and but but is still socially occluded. She has run into another situation where she is challenged, but still and is socially and, occluded. Yeah, exactly. It's not you know I I you know I think that we don't get much of that. You know, it's usually it's not. I don't think it's. I think the episode develops this as it goes, but it's not more necessarily that they are, you know, that they're hazing her, so to speak. I think Lisa could deal with that. I think it is more of the fact that they never, never accept her after that. It's not, it's, it's that she sees, you know, when she first visits this military academy, she sees everyone in formation talking about poetry and it feels like a solution to all of her problems. But, it's still the same because it's 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 a different environment in which she is isolated. Right. Well, I mean, she is a woman who dares to think, and you know, obviously that has to be stamped out everywhere it pops up. Well, I don't. I I, I don't. Do you th- do you think the show is purposely making it about her being a girl? You know, I have. Okay, we don't see any other males in this place that are ostracized in the same way that Lisa is, and. I believe that's what this episode is supposed to be about is that they are picking on Lisa because she's different. And in this case, it just happens to be that she's female because that requires such a interruption of their lives. That's the best I can, I can say. Like, I think it is a, it it doesn't really go into like, it doesn't have her like, Oh, because they don't really, I don't think they ever specifically target like, Oh yeah, she's a girl. We don't like, like they don't, it's not like it's super misogynistic or anything. It's just that is the uh, impetus. It is the the spark that starts off everything. She's a girl. They get kicked out of their their barracks. So she's, you know, they have to go be somewhere else. But they never, you know, they keep picking on her, but they never really like, it's never like clarified why. You know, it's just like, oh, well, she's a girl. Well, it's just, uh, like you said, uh, I think they're picking on her because she has made their lives difficult more so than it's directly because she's female. Although, and, and because I, they pick on everybody, to be fair, they they make Bart go through the hazing as well. But they just they accept him socially afterwards, and then they just keep, continue to you know bully her. Um, and I I think probably if they were gonna make it about oh you're a girl, the whole the whole episode about that, it's probably too big a thing. Like I don't know how else you would like the, this episode becomes more about uh, like Bart's connection to Lisa more so about Lisa fighting a political institution. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Be- like, in mm-hmm. there's other episodes that like do those things, but they're they're generally separate. Like uh, Lisa the Iconoclast, she's fighting an institution. Uh, in uh, uh, Lisa on Ice, it's Bart and Lisa clashing against each other. And certainly there is, in- there you know, there's talk about athletes and sports and girls and that, but it's more about Bart and Lisa. And I think this episode. The framing is more about, oh, Lisa's the only girl in this military academy, but it really, they push it more towards Bart being proud of his sister and standing up for her, regardless of why she's being picked on. It's not really, I, I don't, like, it's not about, well, it's honestly, not about her being a girl. It's about Bart and Lisa and their relationship. Well, I also feel like it's it's about Lisa persisting through her challenges because yeah, there's a point where she's she just wants to quit, but Bart is there for her. So it, it's like a mix of those two. Like to get to that point, Lisa had to go through some real 
stuff, let's say, uh, that, that was foisted upon her, and she stuck it out. And even towards the end, when she's ready to give up, I mean, it takes someone who normally is in a bad situation, doesn't want to help you, just to, a little push for her to stay. It's not like she's immediately going to leave if anything happens to Bart. She would st- if if Bart wasn't there, you think she'd stay? Probably not. Uh, maybe if she was able to find anyone else, a teacher or a janitor or you know anybody who would basically stick up for her even the tiniest little bit and tell her that they believe in her, she would probably stay. But I don't think it's because it's Bart. No, I, I think I think Bart is integral for her to stay. I don't think anything else keeps her there. All right. I think okay. we don't. I, okay. uh, we don't know. We can agree to disagree. Can we? Sure, why not? Especially when I can go moving on. <laughs> and after after the push-ups in the mud, uh, Bart and Lisa have to clean graffiti off of the school statue, uh, and, and which and their motto, which is "I'll die before I surrender." Tim, which I, I guess Tim was the guy he was hanging out with. I don't know why that was needed to be on the end of the quote, but sure, why not? Tim was the horse. Oh, okay. Well, that makes that makes more sense then, because everyone talks to their horse right before they die. Uh, Bart, of course, removing graffiti is against everything he stands for. So he, he's very upset and he's, he's ready to do something terrible. But Lisa convinces him uh, that he shouldn't, that that's how they break him, essentially, is causing him to lash out uh, before he can become part of it. Uh, they would then get hazed again by apparently being tied to plane propellers and spun uh, in what surely should have killed them. But apparently it's just a little old hazing in the Simpsons universe. But after that point, once they're done, Bart is accepted into the group, but Lisa is left still tied upside down to a, a plane propeller, which uh, is very unpleasant to be tied upside down. I don't know if you've ever been like held upside down for a long period of time, but it uh, is nothing fun. What, when would that happen, Matt? I have no idea. I mean, I, I tried to do uh, inverted sit-ups one time. Uh, that did not go very well. I, I, I Never happened to me. Well, then, you should work out in more fun gyms. I, I, fun, Jim? Yeah, you know, where crazy stuff happens all the time. People get beat up, and you have these weird machines that do, you know, wacky stuff. Like, oh, here, let's put the weight of an entire piano on your back. Is it, you mean a CrossFit, Jim? Yeah, that sounds about right. But, you know, with less uh, smarminess. Bart gets a grenade launcher. You okay, Robbie? <laughs> Bart does get a grenade launcher. Uh, after they... Are ex- or Bedford Bart is accepted and Lisa is not at the end of their hazing ritual. Uh, they do weapons fire, and I actually tried to capture this clip, but it's so visual that I really couldn't do anything with it. Uh, since Bart is part of the public schools, he skips small arms, goes to a grenade launcher, as Robbie delightfully informed us, and he immediately hits four out of the five targets, or so his instructor thinks. He does not realize that Bart's fifth, real fifth target was Skinner's car, which, uh, that's some pretty impressive aim. I don't know how far away his military academy is, but aiming a rocket launcher is kind of tough. You've got arc trajectories and everything to deal with so uh that bart could do that is incredibly impressive but as we'll find out bart is a natural at killing it just comes just comes straight to him with no effort at all that'd be i i've never ha- i've never taken a killing class seems like a fun class right they may be po- those. they might might in this instance be poking fun at mi- at the at the military and military industrial complex maybe Maybe they might maybe, but maybe we'll might be saying that maybe, you know, we shouldn't be teaching children how to murder people. Maybe. Well, you know, children need to learn how to survive. It's a rough and tumble world. I mean, how many people a day do you shoot? Real people? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Real people like uh, on your way out to go grab some lunch or something. How many people do you have to kill? Zero. 
Wow, no. really? Canada really is different. Huh. Yeah, I know. It's like a whole different place. Huh. All right. Well, anyway. I mean, I did uh, have to I I did have to take down a bear though. Well, that, that's there why you I, go. That's See? why I clarified bear, you know, a bear is not a person. Exactly. And small arms fire generally does not work very well on bears. You would need something of a, a large rifle or, or greater. So a grenade launcher would be perfect for you. I hug them. Every Canadian should carry a grenade launcher. I hug bears. And and then die? No. I, that's bears how I don't really appreciate hugs. They have a whole hug named after them, Matt. Don't tell me that. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, but at this point, Lisa, who is once again being completely ostracized, calls Grandpa and actually wears him out. Like He tells her his entire life story, hours and hours of time, and eventually he gives up. I, I don't know anyone who has ever done this in real life because most people I know who have made it to old age are more than happy to sit down and tell you everything about their lives. Well, uh, sometimes she at the drop of a hat. And uh, she's, well, not just Grandpa, but the entire retirement home. No, I really – I like this because it actually – it draws on, you know, our knowledge of the show to 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 illustrate how lonely Lisa is. You know, it it it's a simple thing, but just bringing in that little tidbit of she talking so much that Grandpa is tired of it. It it really illustrates very quickly how sad Lisa's situation is, how isolated she's become. It is, and that's that's you know really the point of it is that Lisa just wants some kind of human contact, uh, and it turns out. Later on, she gets a cassette, uh, which I guess is how people sent voice messages back in the day <laughs> she, for that Marge recorded for her. And I, I suppose Homer, too, but we don't hear Homer's voice. And she goes to listen to it with Bart. But Bart basically says, I do not know you. She. Uh, uh, oh, man. What's what's the uh, the apostle who did that to Jesus? I can't remember. Jared. Yes. Jared, the apostle. Yep. <laughs> Whichever one of them that says, I, I told Jesus, I do not know you uh, when he was hanging out with the Romans, which is totally not cool, man. Not cool. And Bart does the same thing to Lisa. But uh, Lisa is Lisa's in a rough spot. And listening to her mom talk, it helps her out a lot. Don't worry, sweetie. It's very common to be homesick when you're so far away from the people who love you. OK, I'm not going to give up. Solitude never hurt anyone. Emily Dickinson lived alone, and she wrote some of the most beautiful poetry the world has ever known. Then went crazy as a loon. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy when skies are gray. You'll never know, dear, how much I love you. So don't take my sunshine away. That is an excellent song. If you ever want to feel super happy about something or really, really sad, it, it was, it was, it's, it's Peter. <laughs> the disciple. Oh, is, is it was Peter. Peter. I had, I had an inkling, but I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to say it and feel dumb. All right, I, good. I didn't expect you to run if I run with Jared. I was, it was a joke, but I do appreciate it. Oh, come it. on, Jared the apostle. He was the cool <laughs> one. That's why I was a little confused, but you know, he was the the he was in charge of all the diamonds. <laughs> In the rings. I'm glad you went with the Jared Diamonds instead of the other Jared. Yeah, I. What other Jared? What are you talking about? There's only one. Well, you yeah, gotta, that's the only gotta, famous Jared there's ever there's been. Only, there's only been one Jared's. It's the place where you buy jewelry at the mall. That's all yeah, there. No other famous there's, Jared's. There's ever. no other Jared's. Uh, but yes, also, uh, at this that, point, that cassette tape is oh my, it's so sad. It's really heartbreaking. That is a yeah. It's a really sad moment, and it, they really sell it. You know, Lisa. 
it reminds me of uh, Camp Krusty a little bit, but it sells the sadness uh, a lot more than anything they do in Camp Krusty. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Lisa at this point is is she's breaking down essentially. She needs somebody to talk to her and believe in her, and you know, almost everyone would need that. So it's it's one of those times where almost anyone can identify with Lisa and and feel what she's feeling and. Of course, at this point, it fades to black because that's that's perfectly what happens when you're ex- exceptionally sad. Everything just fades to black. That's not what happens with me. Oh, really? What happens with you? I eat and and drink a lot and play a, a video game in the dark. Oh, well, well, there you go. At least it's in the dark. Okay, fair, fair. Uh, when we come back, uh, Bart is sorry. He apologizes immediately to Lisa because it really it it's not that Bart ever, you know detaches himself from lisa completely like he still clearly like loves her and supports her but it is only it it's more about his 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 i don't know his uh the facade the front of him you know being friends with everyone else he can't be seen being friendly with lisa and so it is the the issue is not really that he if he truly does like a sister and supports her it is more if he's brave enough to break from the crowd break from all the other boys to support her. Yep. Come on, clip. I was going to play a clip. <laughs> I was to say that. That's not a clip. I'm sorry I froze you out, Lise. I-, I just didn't want the guys to think I'd gone soft on the girl issue. Ugh, I'm tired of being an issue, Bart. Maybe everyone would be better off if I just quit. But if you quit, it'd be like an expert knot tire quitting a knot tying contest right in the middle of tying a knot. Why'd you say that? I don't know. I was just looking at my shoelaces. Look, the point is, you're going to make it, Lise, and I'm going to stick by you. Don't do that. Why should we both be outcasts? Then I'll just stick by you in secret. Like a sock maker secretly working on a top secret sock. That- Will you stop looking at your feet? Stop looking at your feet, Matt. I, I I have a hard time doing that. My feet are very important to me. So I try to keep an eye on them so they don't get stolen. Very good. Very good point. Um, <laughs> Bart is, is secretly encouraging her. It is the, the, the harder question is publicly encouraging her. You know, be willing to stick his neck out for her. For in front of all the other kids, uh, see, this is why. I, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, oh, I was gonna say, is this why I was like, well, honestly, Lisa just needs somebody to believe in her. It, it's not that she needs Bart; she just needs someone who is willing to believe in her at that point and who who knows what she's going to going through. Uh, because if Bart stuck by, if she wanted Bart to stick by her in public, that'd be one thing. You know, then it would be important that it's Bart. But if if she just wants some support coming from anywhere, I feel like it doesn't need to be Bart. Still be in secret. So it's it's almost like it doesn't matter to her who. I don't think there's anyone else that could be. Not that we're introduced to, no. I, I think that I mean obviously that would muddle the story a lot if they introduce other. There's real. There's no other named characters except for that right. one kid who uh, was the girliest kid. But Franklin. Now, Franklin. But everyone, no one else gets a name. The commandant doesn't even get a name. And I think that's actually appropriate. I mean, you're at a military academy. You're, it's, it's, the military is supposed to dehumanize you. It is to make you part of a machine, to make you a cog. And, uh, you know, the, the fact that Lisa and Bart are the only named people there, except for Franklin, is, I think, and they, of course, he does name them when they're about to run the Eliminator. Uh, which we are incur- we are we are introduced to shortly thereafter. Well, cadets, it's been a great year. You've all worked very hard developing academic skills and general killing skills. My killing teacher says I'm a natural. But these skills are nothing without courage and stamina. Traditionally, 
The Academy tested these virtues by pitting you against each other in a two-day battle royale. That was prior to 1957. Thank you very much, State Supreme Court. Consequently now, no cadet can receive a passing grade for the academic year without first conquering this. Meet the Eliminator. That's a 150-foot hand-over-hand crawl across a 60-gauge hemp jute line with a blister factor of 12. The rope is suspended a full 40 feet over a solid British acre of old-growth Connecticut Valley thorn bushes. Gentlemen, welcome to Flavor Country. This wasn't in the brochure. One, that's a great line. This wasn't in the brochure. Uh, but two, um, yeah, that's that's really dangerous, and that, that shouldn't be allowed for children to do, or really any person. No one should be climbing 40 feet above the ground without any type of safety harness. I mean, the thorn bushes will pad your fall. That's true, but you will still probably die or be horribly hurt falling 40 feet, no matter how you fall and what is there to catch you. He's got a roll. Talk and roll. Barp slips Lisa a note next day at lunchtime, and they start trading at night. Uh, he takes, you know, he, he, with a safety, uh, safety rope, Lisa is, he's, he's trying to get Lisa in shape so that she can pass the eliminator. Uh, they, they have a close call when some of the other students pass by and see, uh, Bart just hanging out, doing nothing. It's like they're, they, they themselves are doing a lot of nothing. Do a lot of nothing when you're a kid. Uh, but surely after that, it's, it's time. It's time to, 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 to try and face the eliminator. Uh, we, we do get a quick fake out where the commandant has ruled, has, has declared it that, like you said, Matt, that the eliminator is inhumane and awful and terrible. I mean, it would be fine if there was just a safety line. I mean, that looks like a lot of fun, actually. Like a, a workout I would enjoy as long as there is a safety line that keeps me from dying if I fail. No ropes courses, uh, for me. But <laughs> we also learned that this will be the final year that people have to do the eliminator. There's... Just one more class. Mm-hmm. Uh, but everyone faces it, and they all get over. So, I, I don't know. Your worries seem, you know, fully, full-hearty, Matt. Well, they, they seem uh, no longer necessary. Like, everyone's fine. Everyone gets over. No mm-hmm. hurts, no injuries, nothing. Uh, except for Lisa. She is yet to make it across. Uh, and as she embarks on the ropes course, everyone except Bart is booing her. If only I were in Springfield, all my friends would be cheering me on. Oh, God, I'm delirious. It's over. You made it. You can put your arms down. I can't. They're stuck. <laughs> oh, Lisa. I. It's a nice, the nice heartwarming moment. We get, you know, the the. It's kind of the payoff to the really sad ending of Act Two. We come back around and Bart's cheering on Lisa. He, you know, he turns his back on the rest of the students, even though it is the last day they're about to graduate. So it's really not that big a deal if he. 
turns his back on them, you know, th- three hours to go uh, before they <laughs> before they graduate. But it is still it's a reminder of it. It's really you know Lisa pushes through and shows her determination when she actually is challenged, and Bart overcomes his the the peer pressure that he was he was under. You know, we get to see both Bart and Lisa succeed. It's true. Uh, that's that's one of the triumphs of this episode. I, I actually like this episode a lot. Uh, I feel like it's it's a great study. It's a Bart and Lisa episode, which, you know, I'm partial to. Uh, it lets us have Lisa be challenged and be successful and go through a trial. And Bart at the same time, but they're different because Bart and Lisa are different people who have different needs and meet out different challenges. Like, like Bart's challenge in this case is not to act out in a way he normally would, uh, which he doesn't. And and that that's a success for him. Like he, he he's about to, and Lisa stops him. Lisa's about to quit, and Bart encourages her to go on. So maybe you're right. Maybe it has to be Bart in this case. But they both grow in unique ways, which feels like, as we've said a lot of times this season, it feels like the last season, and it feels like a good way to end something like that, where both kids are able to grow in a way that is, I don't want to say counter to their main characters, but you know, it expounds upon the kind of person they are. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Bart and Lisa now have graduated, and we get uh, the, I guess, the the address from the Commandant to mark the occasion. The wars of the future will not be fought on a battlefield or at sea. They will be fought in space, or possibly on top of a very tall mountain. In either case, most of the actual fighting will be done by small robots. And as you go forth today, remember always, your duty is clear. To build and maintain those robots. Thank you. Build and maintain those robots, Matt. Yeah, it's like he foresaw drone warfare uh, <laughs> ten years ahead of when it started. Uh, there were people in the time who were who saw it coming. I don't. I, I don't mean, know if you I, if you have to fight wars, fighting them with not people is probably the best way to do it. Well, I mean, future. If you looked at futurists in the nineties, they were they saw these people were yeah. pretty smart most of them. I don't know if the Simpsons writer saw that coming or not. They just thought it was a good joke. But uh, yeah, it's. The, the 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 both the kids graduate uh they are they leave with homer and marge uh they think they're going to disneyland and uh they're this they're not they're going to the dentist which is truly that's saying you're going to a theme park and then you take the kid to a dentist that's just brutal that should be a crime that's mean it's like telling telling a dog you're going to the dog park when you really went to the vet man just to see that the crushing realization on their face is it's sad you don't know that from experience, right, Matt? I do not. My dog's deaf, so she doesn't care. We she doesn't tell. We don't tell her where we're going anytime. Do you you do sign language with her occasionally? Yes, but for tricks, not for hey, we're going to the VET. <laughs> but that is the episode, and I I agree with you. I think this is a very good episode, and it feels like it 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 like uh, Summer Four Foot Two, which ended season seven. It is a it is like a. A, a somewhat melancholy episode, somewhat introspective episode. It is a Lisa episode. This is just happens. I mean, Summer Four for Two is also a Lisa and Bart episode for to a certain extent, and this is also a Lisa and Bart episode. It feels like, you know, it, it follows this. The, this season is following the same formula of season seven, and I think this is. I don't, I don't think this is as poignant as Summer Four Foot Two. Uh, I don't. I don't think a physical challenge. It, like because it. I, I think the physical challenge of the eliminator is prob is like basically a, a, a metaphor, a a symbol to stand in for all the uh bullying and hazing Lisa's going through and all the like the isolation she's having to experience because frankly it's hard to represent that struggle in a visual medium. Yeah. But 
I, I, it just doesn't like, I feel like summer forfeit two does navigate that because that, that is kind of, it's, it's dealing in similar themes, you know, with Lisa getting friends for the first time and then losing them in summer forfeit two. And this is not, she doesn't have friends. It's like, she's in this challenging situation and, and she is isolated and doesn't even have her own brother, at least not publicly. And I think it's, a good moment. I just don't think it matches up to that. I think it's. I think it's a good episode. I think it's funny. I think it's just that though. I don't think it's. I wouldn't call it great. Yeah, I mean, I, like you said, Summer of Four Foot Two is better. Uh, but you know, I still really like this episode, and I think it comes close. Mm, all right. Well, we will rank this episode at the end of the show. No submissions for this for my favorite episode. However, if you do have a favorite episode, you can submit it to SimpsonsShowPod at gmail.com explaining why a certain episode is your favorite. When we get there, I'll read it on air. Next up, Matt, it is time for comments from the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments from the news group is where I'll comb through the old alt.tv.simpsons news group, see what people are talking about the week or two after an episode debuted. Uh, very wildly disparate reviews. Shocking. Uh, shocking. I, I pulled... Uh, example of each. Uh, I like this one so much I watched it three more times. This one has everything and made me laugh hysterically and I enjoyed the bonding between Lisa and Bart. I got the same good feeling from episodes like Lisa's Wedding and Lisa on Ice. I always enjoy anything with Professor Frank. Uh, great rip on the military institutions of our country. I don't know. What, what is he talking about? Professor Frank. Is Frank in this at all? Oh, he has no, that joke. He, has that, he does have that joke with octopus in it. I mean, that's one of those we're talking about. A great rip on the military institutions of our country. Definitely one of the season's best and deserving of its position as a season finale. Really is great to see that after so many years, they've still got it. I only wonder what the final season maybe has to offer. Yeah, the final season. The next season nine is the last yep. one, right? Definitely. Yep. Every season is the last season. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then the other end of the spectrum. Very, very disappointing. It's amazing how far a show could fall in one season. The episode was so bad, I really must wonder why anyone bothered to make it. Seeing Bart spun on a propeller and Lisa firing machine gun made me really feel like I was watching a show that just happened to contain characters from The Simpsons. Where's the realism? The relevancy? Gone. F. That person must have not seen a lot of episodes. I was going to say, like, dude, like, yeah, it's cartoony, but, like, I, like Bart the Daredevil, Le- Homer falls down a chasm and doesn't die. Like, what do you want? It's like, so realistic, Robbie. There's lots of cartoon violence. Uh, whatever. It's there's a lot of it. This episode had a lot of very like pretty broad range of of reviews, and it's very interesting to see when we both just said how good this episode is. Also, apparently, Fox back even then was ceasing and desisting, cease and desisting websites that were hosting Sound Simpsons stuff. Ugh, they were GeoCity sites too. They were just. They're just people. Just, just some GeoCity so sites. Uh, I I try to use the Wayback Machine to get to them, but the Wayback Machine does not have them, unfortunately. Uh, but I don't know, Fox. I, I don't I don't think you need to target GeoCity sites. Don't need to. They're not necessarily cutting your bottom line very much. I don't think. But that's no. about it. Uh, not uh, you know the usual stuff on the news group as always. A lot of reviews of season eight, and they were also very disparate. A lot of people loved it. A lot of people hated it at the time. But we can move on to our next segment. It is time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog. We have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is, what is your idea for a Simpsons spinoff? Lots of good ideas. I like, I, I really, I think. A lot of originality. Yeah, Fox should, uh, hey, you want to, I don't think they're going to do a Simpsons spinoff anymore. Matt Groening's moved on to Netflix. Uh, but. 
you know, if they had time travel, they could have gone back and done this stuff. Uh, first from Nick, it'd be interesting to see the world of Shelbyville and other crazy shenanigans. You could tell some of the stories that involve their escapades with Springfield to even have a crossover episode a la Arrow and The Flash, even jumping off of Lemon of Troy. Uh, from Jacob, a cop comedy a la Brooklyn Nine-Nine with the Springfield police officers, uh, including he has a list of all the officers. <laughs> Uh, from uh, Robbie, Radioactive Man and Friends Adventures, featuring appearances by Fallout Boy, Larva Girl, Bus Man, Biclops, Radiation Dude, The Whole Superior Squadron, even Bartman. Don't forget, Radioactive Man and Friends is brought to you by the smooth, smooth taste of Laramie cigarettes. Oh, uh, nice. Chris, Android's Dungeon comic book guy runs Springfield's LARPing community, has sugar-filled D&D tournaments to raise awareness for juvenile diabetes, and gets his Black Cat fan script optioned. It'd have to... It's a tough task with me over for uh, comic book guy stuff. Uh, <laughs> from Dominic, the Channel 16, partially inspired by Season 5 episode, Bart gets uh, famous. We get more behind-the-scenes look at Ken Brockman, Bubbly Man, Arnie Pie in the Sky, Sideshow Bell, and Krusty. Hilarity ensues. Uh, from Tom, Squeaky Voice Teen, now with named Aaron Schmidt, the new show Teens, a rare look at the day-to-day life of Springfield High. In the pilot episode, Aaron gets a new throat prescription spray, which tones down his squeakiness by 50%. <laughs> that'd be necessary that voice yeah. uh, from Andrew it's been superseded by some combination of Big Bang Theory and The Lone Gunman I saw a spinoff featuring the nerds from Homer Goes to College Benjamin, Doug, and Gary and their misadventures at Springfield University w- could work well be able to feature characters with distinct personalities but who haven't been exhausted by the main show yet in Springfield you can make for a fun unique setting separate from the rest of the town with its own cast of wacky characters feels like the right blend is familiar with f- room to grow so Springfield community in Springfield that would be interesting. I, I would like to see that. Uh, although I, I would say that, that Big Bang Theory does not obviate the need for that because, you know, anything would be better than the <laughs> Big Bang Theory. From I Brian, like the Big Bang Theory. It's okay, but, you know, The Simpsons could do better in any way. Big Bang Theory is not okay. From Brian, a mockumentary series about the production of the Krusty the Clown Show. Ooh, yep. good one. It's like uh, 30 Rock with Krusty. Hmm. Uh, Danny, uh, I'm pretty sure 30 Rock already has two characters that could be crusted that's... in Jenna and Tracy. <laughs> I guess true. Uh, Danny at Wish Danny H. Uh, Disney's Recess, Recess came out in 2001, so my Simpsons spinoff post-season 8 would be a Springfield elementary show done like that show. Uh, Steven at Senior Puddin, I'd like to see a spinoff of the kids all grown up with their own kids in the later seasons. Those episodes are pretty fun. Yeah, I think advancing timeline yeah. would reinvigorate the show, honestly. Uh, from Tom at Egg Kitten, Barton Bart Lisa time travel to affect history. Full cast is present somewhere, like Trails of Horror, just the whole show. Uh, Jessica at Jessica Ruiz 1. It's the Kang and Kota show and their wacky adventures through space. Uh, from that. All right. All right. We know who hates us now. There's nothing wrong with Kang and Kota, so I think they could. you can do a fine show with them. Uh, Nev and Root Dog 21. A mash-like show, but with adventures of the flying hellfish. Plenty of interesting characters. Skinner's dad, Barney's dad, Wiggum, etc. Uh, finally, from Mason. It'd be like uh, MASH in the Simpsons world. <laughs> yeah. My idea for a spinoff comes from Much Love Tree of Horror. Trails of Horror, you can have the supernatural and horrific ideas, but instead of the one-on seven-minute segments, have a Twilight Zone-esque format, 10 or so, 40-minute sets. 40-minute, yes. 40-ish minutes stories all separate from each other. This way we get a look at all the characters we know love in different time periods and places. One-time characters could return as it's out of canon would technically be playing other characters instead of just returning for no reason. I'm not sure they'd never do that. Cough, cough. You can even expand on some of the most uh, of the well-loved trails of our segments if you're willing to test your luck. I think it'd be very interesting to get an extended look on, say, the shitting or other classics. Maybe do one of those every season. Otherwise, then we'll go into full detail yeah. with include a more intricate look at the Stonecutters, a meta-radioactive man show, and the stylings of the wonderfully camp 60s Batman show. I'm sure there's many others I can think of. The email's already getting way too long, so I'll leave it there. Uh, keep up the good work. Thanks, Mason. That sounds amazing. What is your answer, Matt? 
I actually was thinking about a, an episode that's uh, or a show that's basically uh, the Super Friends with Lisa and, you know, Bart there as the slightly cool older brother, kind of like on Freaks and Geeks. Uh, if you ignore the, the, you know, stoner vibe of the kids being in high school, there's an elementary school. So they translate it down a little bit. So it could be something around those things because Bart's the cool kid. He's a little older. You know, Lisa's a little more nerdy. She has her nerdy friends. I'm sure you could have, you know, Martin as part of the super friends, but also you have Milhouse and Nelson being friends with Bart, stuff like that. Uh, my idea is basically the office, but Globex. Oh, man, that would be great with, you know, Hank Scorpio is the you know, that interesting vibe that Hank Scorpio creates, but I don't know. You could have a whole it, it's far enough removed from The Simpsons that you don't necessarily have to reference everything happening in Springfield all the time. Uh, you could easily just yeah. – you could have him – eventually there could be uh, you know, a rivalry with Burns or something. You know, you could do whatever you want, but it's far enough removed that you could pull in things occasionally, but it would also – would it, I, I don't want – if I was going to make a spinoff, I wouldn't want it to be too – like really closely attached to The Simpsons. I, I, I would like – like frankly – a lot of these ideas, I think the Simpsons could do if they wanted to. Like, I don't, it's a lot of my criticisms of later seasons is that they don't go far enough, I think, to change. But yeah. Um, next week's question is what is your favorite season eight moment? I already know mine, but it probably. Well, yeah, I think yours is pretty obvious. Maybe. But what is your favorite moment? I'll post this question on all social media, facebook.com slash the Simpsons Show Pod, Twitter at Simpsons Show Pod. And you can email us at Simpsons Show Pod at gmail.com. <laughs> you can reach out any of those places, like follow, subscribe, you know, social media words. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean S-M-A-R-R-T. The new Google Trivia Challenge is where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, one hard. Try and stump the other. Uh, I've already been mathematically eliminated from contention in our se- our season-long trivia uh, contest. I will be recording myself singing a Simpsons song of Matt's choosing uh, in a little while. Matt has not told me what the song will be. Are you going to tell me what the song will be, Matt? This is, we've already... Uh, I'm going to wait till you officially lose. Okay. I'll start us off with an easy question for you. These are all from Dog of Death from hmm, season... Okay. Three, I believe, season is Dog of Death. Uh, your easy question. Your easy question. Who ends up adopting Sam's little helper after he runs away from home? This is from Dog of Death. Yeah, he runs away from home. Right. And who adopts him? Sorry, there have been so many episodes. Uh, Dog of Death. Oh my god, my brain is just he, he collapsing gets, in on itself. He gets an operation. The family gets mad at him. He runs away. Oh, from that's home. right. Okay, yeah, Mr. Burns. Sorry, sorry. That is correct, Mr. Burns. Okay. He's run away from home so many times, I couldn't remember which episode was which. I don't think it's in that many times. Mm-hmm. All right, ready for your easy question, mister? Sure. Shoot. All right. In Hello Gutter, Hello Fodder, what does Homer do to become famous? Bowl's a perfect game. All right. Bowl's a three. You know this episode. I have watched it one time. So, yep. Whoa. Back of my hand. Okay, your medium question. Santa's little helper Santa's Santa little helper Santa's little helper's operation costs how much? Oh, um seven hundred dollars. So close, but yet so far. Seven hundred and fifty dollars. Oh man, seven hundred and fifty. Okay. That sounds right. Hmm. Alright, ready for your medium question. Sure. What show does Homer appear on to capitalize on his fame in Hello Gutter, Hello Fodder? 
Uh, is it? Oh, um, oh, uh, what's the name? Oh, uh, is it? Okay, you tell me this. Is it that show where it's like bingo, but the people in the squares, Springfield Squares? Is that it? Is that your final answer? I don't remember the name of it, but is it that show? That's my answer. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is the Springfield Squares. Okay. I I thought that was it, but I don't I couldn't see. <laughs> okay. Your hard question, Matt. There's a lottery drawing in the episode that the family doesn't win because they spent the money Ooh. on Santa's yeah. little helper operation. What is the winning lottery number? Oh god. Uh uh eight ten eight eight ten fourteen. 27 and 33. I don't even know what's the right number of numbers. It, six numbers. 17, 3, 26, 41, 38, and 49. Yep. Those are Marge's numbers, all right. They are Marge's numbers. All right. Ready for your hard question, which is not nearly that hard. <laughs> okay. Sure. All right. Who guest stars in Hello Gutter, Hello Fodder, taking his children in the, to the zoo to see a Fantastopotamus? Uh... Um... Uh... Vin Scully. So this is not the Gabo episode. Uh, it is Ron Howard. Oh, is it? Oh, I yeah, was, I, I was going to say that, but I was like, no, that's a different episode. Nope, no, that's the one. Okay. All right. Well, okay, Matt. Hey, I have officially lost. The score is sixty-six to forty-nine after twenty-five oh, episodes. You've destroyed me, including. Let's see. I'm, I'm counting up one, two, three, four perfect days. Four, it happens sometimes. Four perfect scores. I had one. So what song am I singing? Have you decided? Uh, I guess you have officially lost. Uh, I think it's going to have to be See My Vest. I mean, really, it's the best one. I knew you were going to pick that. I've been practicing. <laughs> uh, so you'll you guys keep your eyes peeled. I'm probably in a week or two. Uh, there will be a video. On, uh, if I'll see, I'm, I'll see what props I can pull together. <laughs> For a see my best video, I don't know if I can be able to. I don't think I'm able to pull together like gorilla chests and all that stuff. But I'll, 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 I'll try to have a couple on hand. I think it'll be fun. I don't know about the editing either. Uh, you can, you can see me embarrass myself on video again. I'm very good at it now. Uh, we can move on to our final segment. Segment in every single episode. It's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part show. Matt and I rank the episodes categorically. We watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. Where does this one go, Matt? You said well, it's almost I as good it. as Summer 442. Summer 442 is no, number three on our list. Okay, almost as good is a bit of an exaggeration. My bad. Uh, but I really like this episode. I think I'm at least looking top 50. Okay. How about, okay, I'm going to ask you. Uh, Lisa on Ice is number 37. Is it Ooh, better than Lisa on that Ice? Is, that's a good comparison. Um honestly i gotta say no i mean i really thought this would go higher but when you compare it to lisa on ice i think lisa on ice has it's more competition based so i think it brings out the 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 vagaries of the lisa bart relationship more so than this does and quite frankly lisa on ice is funnier this episode while incredibly heartfelt has some good jokes but has nowhere near the amount of hilarity that lisa on ice does okay well I would, let's let's we jump down. Uh, Bart of Darkness is number forty-one. Is it better than Bart of Darkness? Mm. I would say yes. I really enjoy uh, Bart of Darkness because in in that one in particular, Lisa is only in it for the last little bit. I mean, it it doesn't have a whole lot of interplay between the two of them. And I think this episode, uh, while 
Power of Darkness is probably a little bit funnier, uh, the core of this episode is stronger. Okay, Sideshow Bob Roberts, right above it. Hmm. No, no, I'm sorry. A Bob episode, especially one where you have Bart and Lisa cooperating in the way they do, is better than this. So I think it's a good spot for it, 41. All right, it's fine with me. You got stronger feelings on it than I did. Yeah, I really, I, I really like the Bartley, so, uh, you know. I do, too. Episodes. I think it's a good episode. And I think 41 is on this list is, frankly, among very, very good episodes. I think, like, mm-hmm. you could look at, like, the top 100 of this, and all of them are, like, good, going to good, very good, and great. Like, the, the top 100 are all nines and above. And then, like, the last, you know, 70 are eights or sevens. And then yeah. maybe a six or two. Old Homer's Odyssey. <laughs> uh, yeah, number one on our list is still Homer's Enemy. Number one, last on our list, is Homer's Odyssey, number 168. But, hey, we're in season nine next week. So who knows what will happen? It's been crazy stuff there. Uh, yeah, our 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 next episode, Matt, is the first episode of season nine, and frankly, a great episode, uh, one I really really like. It is the city of New York versus Homer Simpson. No comment. I wait. Okay, you wait. That's good. That's not ominous whatsoever. Nope. Uh, that'll do it for us this week. Uh, before we go, you can find me on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. Uh, you can subscribe to my newsletter at tinyletter.com/slash Robbie Dorman. You can follow my other podcast, Handsome Boys Comics Hour. It's about comic books. And The Serial Fanaticist. It's about lots of nerdy stuff. Been off for a couple weeks. I'm going to have a new episode soon. As soon as I can get one together. Matt does not participate in social media unless a certain level of Patreon backer you will not find him. That's true. Uh, however, I have decided uh, that uh, in order to escape the heat, I will be moving to the Arctic. Uh, I've accepted a position that's basically just digging up ice in the Antarctic. Uh, so if you need to send a message to me, uh, you know, feel free to uh, send a submarine. I'll be somewhere in the Antarctic, uh, you know, digging for ice. It'll be fun if there's any left down there. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And I keep watching the Simpsons. Shh.